Welcome into the betting preview for this week's tour championship. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Andy Lack. Andy, here we go. 30 golfers down to 29. Will Zalatoris, he gone? That changes <laughs> a lot or nothing at the top. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that we're recording this a little bit on the waiter side because I think if we uh, we did our regular time, we would be spend some time talking about Zalatoris. But yeah, I mean. Listen, it is what it is. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that he should be replaced and everyone should move up? So like Zalatoris, for example, is starting at seven. And do you think the guy who would be at six should go to seven? And then you get who I believe is Shane Lowry gets in. Uh, I don't think Shane Lowry should get in, but I think they should move everyone up the starting strokes. I think he earned his spot in the top 30, but, um, because we wipe the points before this event and everyone goes to starting strokes, you can't lock in a guy using the points, then get rid of them and not move everybody else up. So I think it should still be 29 golfers. Lowry doesn't get in, but everybody moves up a spot. So the guy who would have been, you know, there would only be one guy who would jump up from even par to one under based on his FedEx cup standing. Right. And you know, not to get, not to get us too off track here, but you know, if Zalatoris is in this like position to win $20 million, right? $24 million in any other sport. If you get hurt the day before the Super Bowl, like you still have a contract, right? So like, is Zalatoris just coming up with zero? I mean, he's in, he's in, he had the potential to win life-changing money. I feel like that might be a fair inherent flaw with the PG tour system. This is the first time we've seen it where normally, so if, if this was the old system, he would still keep his FedEx cup points and he'd probably fall to like sixth or whatever, something like that. And he would, yeah. uh, you know, still make $3 million, but now he's going to get, I think it's 500 K for, for 30th. So yeah, that's the one, that's the one kind of financial downfall of the whole thing. Yeah. That seems slightly unfair to me. I, you know, I, I think that they should let Lowry get in, um, and started even, but Listen, I mean, it is what it is. We could do a whole other podcast on the, the inherent flaws with the current system. Here is the odds board, the grid, odds checker grid over for the... So we're, we're going to do both with starting strokes and without. This is the with right. starting strokes version. Now, Scotty Scheffler, plus 225 uh, is the favorite. Patrick Cantlay, plus 380. Xander Shoffley, plus 650. Rory McIlroy's 10 to 1, so on and so forth. But um, now there is a two-shot lead from Scotty to Patrick Cantlay and a two-shot lead from Cantlay to, is it Xander? It's Xander at 600. It's Xander at 600. Yeah. And so just talking a little strategy here, because I think a lot of people are kind of trying to figure out what market they want to bet this week. And I, I went a little bit more in depth on this in my course preview article. If you're betting the tournament with starting strokes, I really would not go much farther down than the guys at three or four under. I really wouldn't spend too much time on that. The reason why I say that Eastlake is not a golf course that promotes a ton of variance, right? It, I described it in my preview as a course that it's kind of a death by a thousand paper cuts, right? You know, you're going to see a lot of pars and bogeys. You're going to see a lot of pars. You're going to see a lot of bogeys and you're going to see some birdies. It's not a course where you're going to, there's going to be a 63 and you're going to have to play pretty damn bad to shoot a 77, right? So in my opinion, 
I would, it's not like a Honda classic or a TPC Southwind, right? Where there's water on 14, 15 holes and you could see guys ejecting left and right. It's hard. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a course in my opinion that promotes a ton of variance. So for me, if you're betting this market, I'm not going past the three or the, the guys at three at the very lowest or four under what, how does that kind of sit with you? I think it's very fair. I said on Monday, I think th- I, I narrowed down to like six guys who I thought could win it. And now I guess it's five because Al Torres is out. So the two the two bets that I've made in the with starting strokes market are Patrick Cantlay plus 380. I just, I think when he gets hot, he's kind of hard to stop. And he won last week and he's two shots back. And now he has two shot cushion. So it's unlikely for him to fall super far unless he plays horribly kind of as you noted. And then the guy that I'm willing to take as, Kind of the long shot is is Finau. Um, you know, I got him at twenty two. He's now down to twenty. He is going to start six back. He, like if you talk about just having a stealing week, Finau has like three of the top four ceiling weeks of anybody in this field this year. Rory, it was Rory at RBC Canadian, and the next three weeks, the next three highest totals of strokes gained in a single event. The next three are all Tony Finau. So I I'm willing to buy into the ceiling, which is what you're going to need to hit. Uh, to go from four under to the to the winner. Yeah, and it's it's a tough market, right? Because if we're cutting these guys off at three or four under, you know, you're asking a lot. I'm seeing Rory bet down to like plus 900, 10 to one. You're asking a lot of Rory McIlroy to come back from, I believe Rory's at four, right? You're asking him to come back from six strokes from some really formidable guys ahead of them, right? Like, if Scotty Scheffler plays well, this is over on Thursday. You know, if, if Scotty Scheffler goes out and shoots a 65 or a 66, which by the way, he was unbelievable last week at the BMW. It might be him holding the trophy if he could get the putter to cooperate a little bit more. So that's kind of the issue that I have with the starting strokes market for me. I looked at Rory and Rom kind of the most because it just felt like to me that those were the best candidates for positive regression on the season the guys that have been playing the best golf that haven't gotten as many as much out of their play than the other players that i know i could see shooting 64 65 but yeah i mean which market do you would you like overall recommend or prefer for this week i like the starting strokes market just because i think that there is um I think people overestimate you kind of you laid it out in your in your preview on rickrungood.com you just alluded to it now like people I think overestimate two things like how far guys can come back from and also how likely like Scotty Scheffler is to just win I think both of those things are being overestimated and there's a little bit of a sweet spot for the next handful of guys. So I, I kind of prefer that market, but here's here's the without strokes market. And this is much closer to what you'd see on a weekly basis, right? Rory's at the top at seven and a half to one. John Rahm, nine to one, which by the way, we were getting John Rahm at these odds in a lot bigger fields than now 29 golfers. So Rahm is nine to one. Cantlay and Xander are both 10 to one. Scotty Scheffler's 11 to one. The one thing that you have to be worried about here, Andy, and the one thing that worries me uh, is that I hate it when my motives do not align with the golfer's motives. So Scotty right. Schiller, who is looking at the leaderboard that includes the starting strokes and only cares about winning that is not going to be incentivized to go out and win the shadow leaderboard. Yeah. I think the problem with this market is that a, I mean, it's 
not inherently fun to watch or track, right? You're, you're basically the way that the TV coverage is set up, the way that the leaderboard on PGA tour, I mean, it's, it's not like asking a whole lot of being able to figure out how to track who's winning the shadow leaderboard. Right. But you're not aligned on Sunday with the TV coverage, right? Like you're tracking something completely different, which is not, you know, it's a little unconventional and not as fun, but I think there's some more opportunities in this market, right? Like I talked about how I wouldn't go super low in the WIS starting strokes market. I think it's extreme. I think it's completely plausible that somebody like Corey Connors shoots the lowest net score, right? I mean, Corey Connors is playing out of his mind right now. He's gaining, I think he gained another eight ball striking last week and he's 35 to one. I think that that was a bet that I made something is in the 35 to one. Maybe that went down, but right. You got these guys like a uh, Corey Connors, a KH Lee, a Sepp Straka farther down the board that are probably you know, they're not, they don't have a real chance of winning the FedEx cup, but you know, sometimes I would be worried if Corey Connors was in contention to really win the FedEx cup, right? Maybe these, maybe this frees them up a little bit more because it's not like the difference between fifth place and 15th place. Isn't a ton of money too. Yeah. So for sure. And when you, uh, I mean, remember Kevin, not, uh, tied John Rom for the shadow leaderboard last year. So it's not inconceivable that one of these guys does it. Um, I'll, my card will probably look like Matt Fitzpatrick, who I like to just shoot a couple under par every single day. I'd probably get like a 28 or a 30 on, on Colin Morikawa. And then, yeah, I'd probably, I don't know, like a Scott Stallings at 80 to one. He's been playing great. Brian Harmon can get lightning hot for, for four rounds at a time. Like that's, I think there are some interesting bombs to be made here. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, even, even Sahith, I mean, Hideki, who was not great last week is in a much different category, in my opinion, as a player than I think a lot of the guys that he's priced around. I had, I still have some concerns about him. You know, he, he, didn't look great last week and there was obviously like a nagging injury concern, but yeah, I think, I think that market is there are a lot more opportunities for quote unquote value. In my opinion, like I know, for example, a lot of people were talking about how Sepp struck at the beginning of the week was like 250 to one to win the shadow leaderboard, like in a, in a field of 30, that's just a queer misprice, right? And you could probably make the argument that even some of these guys at 80 to one in a golf tournament that employs this much variance over four days is just a queer misprice. And plus you get a guy like Scotty Sheffer, for example, as you mentioned, Rick, you know, if Scotty is two up heading in with, for the full FedEx cup heading into Sunday, you know, maybe he changes his game plan a little bit. That would maybe hurt him on the shadow leaderboard, but help him on the real leaderboard. Yeah. So I just like it when my golfers, um, incentives align with mine, and that's not always going to be the case. Now, when we look at the matchup market, here's DraftKings, Um, and you got to also be a little bit, for the most part, I think they put guys that are going to be starting together. Like Corey Connors and Brian Harmon are both starting at one under Tony Finau and Sung JM are both starting at four under. So that's generally what we're seeing, which I, I actually like that because you know, it's rare that you see a matchup that's like minus 165. At least DraftKings doesn't usually dip into that. But like Rory McIlroy minus 240 over Matt Fitzpatrick, it's at least giving us some some wider margin matchups, which they're not usually willing to do. 
Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I found that interesting. Do you have an interest in in those? Like, I always think with matchups in golf, you kind of want to embrace the variance. And I think life's a little bit too short to weigh like minus two fifty in a matchup. But are you? Do you have any interest in taking on some of those like bigger dogs? Yeah, like the ones that stood out to me. Um, like, I I don't know why I love Matt Fitzpatrick so much. I hate that he's up against Rory, but like Matt Fitzpatrick is kind of interesting. Uh, there was one. Like Scott Stallings against Cam Young, right? My, uh, plus one fifty. Scott Stallings has been phenomenal. Uh, Young's been great too. But like, I don't know. What if he loses four strokes with the putter again? Like we just saw him do a couple of weeks ago. I think Stallings has been has been really complete. So I'll I'll definitely I'll definitely lean towards the dog side of things. Yeah, I agree. I was one. I don't know if it's on DraftKings, but I was looking at like I I bet earlier in the week Morikawa. I think plus one fifty over Xander. And I, I get Xander, the whole East Lake thing, and he's got a bit of an edge on uh with the starting strokes as well. But you know, Colin Morikawa's week looks a whole lot different uh if he doesn't have that one hole where he loses four point seven strokes on approach, right? He, you know, he's you still have him as plus point five right there, right? So we're looking at one of those vintage Colin Morikawa iron weeks where he's probably gaining close to five over five strokes on approach. And I bet him last week, I tracked him last week. Like he was hitting the ball. Great. He is, his irons are back. I mean, he was talking about this, I think in an interview, he found something on the range with his caddy helped him with like one little quick fix. And now he's hitting that fade again. And, you know, tracking it and the eye test back it up. So, you know, I think Morikawa, I think it's kind of a shame that the season's ending when it is right. As it seems like he's starting to find things, but I, I think, the stats are a bit misleading with Morikawa this week, and he's going to have a he's going to finish the season strong. Yeah, the first three rounds he gained like two strokes on approach, one and a half, and one. Like you, and, and that's like now like there was like six or seven straight rounds in which he gained at least a stroke on approach. Like he is one hundred percent back, at least in that category. Um, okay, I want to talk about props, and then we'll quickly. I mean, I guess we could talk one and done, but I imagine it's over for most people at this point. So maybe we don't even need to talk about it. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word about Andy's podcast. Andy Lack is not only the co-host of The Scramble, but also produces his own show, The Inside Golf Podcast. It's available twice a week, focusing on course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategies for every PGA Tour event. Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field. But I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. And we're back. Andy, new look as well for the pod. You love to yeah. see it. Yeah. Shout out the the folks over at Blue Wire. They um they gave me some great options. And yeah, I felt like it was felt like it was time to upgrade. You know, I've had the same logos. I created the logo myself when I had, you know, six hundred followers on Twitter and no one listened anyway. So I felt like it was a worthy um upgrade. And the feedback, you know, you're never in a good place putting stuff out on Twitter, right? Whether it's new logo for your podcast, your golf swing, like you're just, you're never putting yourself in a good position, but the feedback I've seen has been overwhelmingly positive. So that's a good thing. 
and welcome to the the green and gold color scheme, which I feel like is that's that's the elite uh, golf color scheme. Right, right. I like it a lot. It's you know it feels unique because I can't you know there's not really a ton of sports teams that are really embodying that, but it still has a little you know golf with the green. So yeah, I uh, I love it. Let's prop it up. So this is the prop board over at Prize Picks, which you can get a hundred dollar instant deposit match. Use the code Rick. There's a link in the description as well. So what we've got here. On this Tuesday, birdies are better, strokes birdie are better matchups, greens and regulation, fairways hit, and the the illustrious hole 18 shots. Where do you want to start, Andy? I know you know the the fairways and their ability to be hit. We could talk about that. We could talk about strokes, which is kind of the um de facto, you know, star of the show when I when you get to round by round props, in my opinion. Where do you want to start here? Well, I think. For me, when I'm looking at prize picks, I try and always identify like what are the major outliers based on this course that prize picks probably isn't accounting for. And for me, when I think about Eastlake, Eastlake has some of the most narrow fairways on tour. E- driving accuracy percentage at Eastlake is historically like in the 54, 55 percentage range. I mean, these fairways are some of the absolute hardest fairways to hit on tour. So as much as I love Colin Moore, uh, and that's kind of frustrating too, because they really do have the two guys that are probably the two most accurate players in the field off the tee and Morikawa and Connors is the highest. They don't always usually do that where they actually look at the stats and, and, and cater to it that way. But man, you know, hitting nine out of fifth, or I guess there's, well, I guess there's only, yeah, 14 fairways to hit. Hitting 10 out of 14 fairways at Eastlake is a pretty big ask, in my opinion. So you, you said it. That that 55% clip of hitting fairways would hit you 7.7 fairways, which actually, for this week, is probably going to be pretty close because sometimes we'll say, well, yeah, that's the whole field, but they're only giving us the top guys. Well, the Tour Championship is always the top 30 guys anyway, so it, it's pretty... I think I think it's better this week than most to look at this and say, "Wow, okay, you know that's asking Corey Connors and Colin Morikawa to hit ten. That is them gaining two point three fairways to the field, or even you know uh, Patrick Cantlay gaining a, a fairway and a half to the field. I, I still think the fairway numbers are too high for the most part. I what's Cam Smith at? Yeah, yeah. I, I I take the under on Cam Smith. I, I just, of those guys, I think he is the least trustable off the tee. Even Jordan Spieth's driving the ball a little bit better than him right now. Um, I would take Cam Smith under eight would be probably my favorite. Um, all those guys at the top are driving the ball incredibly, incredibly well right now. Rom, Xander, Cantler's, Cantley's driving the ball great right now. Like Cam Smith is probably the one that I have the most concerns about currently off the tee if i was going to take it over it'd be it'd be john rom like i know right. that like i i obviously trust connor's and i trust Colin Morikawa, but the fact that rom is eight and a half and those other two are nine and a half like if i'm right. taking it over on the fairway market it's the guy who can just i mean he's the best driver on the planet isn't he and it's not and it's not pure distance he's got every single shot in the bag with the long club right no i completely agree and i've talked about a lot on here how he's just had this 
unbelievable off the tee season that he's kind of wasted a little bit. But yeah, it was kind of the same story last week at BMW. Like he was absolutely elite at driving the ball. So I like Rahm a lot there too. You know, the, you pulled up the starting strokes here now. That feels a touch low to me. Um, just based on how difficult I presume that Eastlake is going to be. I mean, it has been somewhat dry, right? I mean, we saw it play, a, it's it's played a little bit easier last year, but it's still like a, you know, we're talking, I don't think Eastlake is playing a stroke under par, right? Do you? I mean, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing ever that it's playing like a stroke, stroke and a half under par. Yeah, it definitely skews as more difficult on the PGA Tour with the vast majority of the props, the round one props over at prize picks at 67 and a half, at 68, 168, or a couple 68 and a halfs there. But um, is there one or two that stand out to you with the current offerings? I, I'm going to keep picking on Cam Smith. I just, I don't. I don't love him on a golf course where it's so essential to hit fairways. And I... I Listen, I, you read any quote from any player. I think I included about six of them in my Monday article. It's like the one commonality is like, it is, you need to hit fairways on this course. And now Cam Smith is always able to gain six or seven strokes putting and work around that, of course. But I just think that his path is so much more difficult here. If he's not positive off the tee and of the players that we're looking at here, Cam Smith is probably the most likely to not gain strokes off the tee of this giant group. So I would probably pick on the over with Cam Smith, plus the injury concerns and all the live smoke around him too. He would probably just be the easiest target in my opinion. If I needed to take an under, I, I kind of like the hook on Corey Connor, 68 and yeah. a half, and, and have him go out there, shoot two under. We already think, and Prize Picks already thinks he's going to be playing out of the fairway constantly. You know, for him to go out there, hit a couple of darts, take advantage of the fives, like he's, you know, he's great on those, on the threes anyway. Like there's, there's a decent path to him getting to 68 in his first, uh, in his first round at Eastlake. So, I think I'd kind of live in, in that world. And, uh, I, and then hole 18, we've talked about this before. We haven't seen the single hole prop in a couple of weeks. Uh, like we, you can just wait until we start seeing guys roll through 18 and like all the starting times are, are independent of, um, like, like, like basically the guys that tee off later are going to lock on prize picks later. So we can see exactly how 18's playing and probably take advantage of that in a big way. Yeah, and I think historic scoring average for this hole is probably right around 4.5. I would guess it's a closing par 5. So, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't – that's not a market I would be looking to attack right off the bat. I think those – I think overall, like at a macro level, the uh, scoring props are a little bit low to me, and I think you could take some unders on the fairway set as well. All right. The code you're looking for is Rick. There's a link in the description. Go get your 100% instant deposit match and uh, make some money off those guys. Okay. Um, I don't even know. And I mean, one and done's over, right? I mean, the vast majority of one and done's end, or at least they should end at the BMW championship. If they don't, you should have some system in place where you don't get $18 million if you win this one, right? Like th this is probably not a necessary conversation at this point. Yeah, probably not. I didn't. Did our guy win? I think he won. I think our, um, Correct. I haven't even checked. Yeah. But I think he won. Uh, I think he came in first and I think we said, I know I said to him on Slack, Neiman, 
who I think ended up being the best out of the choices. So hopefully there's no blood on my hands there. Uh, I sent him down the right path, but yeah, I believe that our guy won and hopefully he could, you know, pass on some luck for us for next year. Cause I certainly did not have a profitable his, one and done season. His username was slap cut, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. He won it. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. 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 He went for, he went, yeah, he did go with Neiman $420,000. Uh, and he was, I mean, he won by like 3 million bucks. He lapped the field. Yeah. That is Brett Campbell just to give him a name. So shout out Brett Campbell, Rick Runkid member in the, uh, in the Slack channel. So that's good to see. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think like strategy wise, is there anything looking ahead to next year? You feel like you learned from this season and would do differently. Um, not off the top of my head, but I have a lot of notes of things that I want to look into. You know, I want to kind of, I, I kind of want to run, I want to like sit down for like three days and just like go through research and paths to victory and analyze kind of even like what Brett did and like, um, maybe find some little nuggets, right. And see, and see where we're at. But no, I don't, I don't have anything off the top of my head, but it'll, it'll take me a couple of days to, to dive into all that stuff. Right. Well, we've got time. We've got no golf for two weeks. Are we doing it? I know not next week, but the week after that, I'm in Ireland. But are we doing anything next week? Are you going on vacation too? Yeah. So I'll be um, not next week, the week after. I'll be out on vacation. So maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll be something like, I don't know, year in review, look ahead. Maybe we'll do one and done. I don't know. We'll, we'll, We'll figure something out. Also, there was a decent bit of people who want to play a season long one and done, which would start at the Fortinet. I'm in. You had me at hello. Yeah. Where do I sign up? I'm not going to, I'm not going to say no to that. So I'll, I have to, so I'm going to go do the payouts uh, today for the last season. So I'll get those out today and then uh, I'll look into setting one up for the full season, which I think will be fun. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, do we want to the only, cause I've been talking about this in another home fantasy league. Do we want to, is Black Monday coming on Monday, or do you think it's going to be after the President's well, Cup? I, I'm um, I don't want to jinx it. Black Monday seems like it's like kind of like grayish Monday now, right? It seems like losing it's steam. Steam. Yeah. I don't want to like you know. Obviously, this stuff could change very very quickly. But uh, if you trust the reporting of No Laying Up and and the Fire Pit Collective, which they've both done great jobs on this, it's seeming like will know before the season starts as opposed to after the president's cup. Right. Which is, which I love to see. Cause you don't want to do what I did last year and draft Patrick Reed and Brooks Kepka, And then suddenly they're on left. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Okay. Andy lack available on Twitter at ADP lack sports. You can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been your betting preview for this week's tour championship. Good luck.